Stones from the Shepherd's Purse, Chapter 5 The Cost of True Evangelism And it came to pass, that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow thee whithersoever thou goest. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath not where to lay his head. And he said unto another, Follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, Let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. And another also said, Lord, I will follow thee, but let me first go bid them farewell which are at home at my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man having put his hand to the plow, and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Luke 9:57-62. The testimony of Scripture reveals that very few who were confronted with Christ's call to follow actually accepted the challenge. And whosoever doth not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Luke 14:27. The scriptures clearly establish the fact that those who refuse Jesus' discipline cannot be referred to as Christians, as discipleship is a requirement for Christianity. Jesus Christ, the Messiah, is often referred to as Savior. However, he can only be intimately known on the ground of lordship. We cannot have his life if we are unwilling to forfeit our own. We cannot save our life and simultaneously exalt his. Thus, a spiritual cost is leveled against every potential disciple who dare take the slightest step toward Christ. The old life must be displaced by the new, and anything short of such a spiritual commitment will end in shame and reproach. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth the cost whether he have sufficient to finish it? Luke 14:28. Likewise, every facet of Christian discipleship has its specific cost. Evangelism is no exception. If we are to truly preach the gospel as it should be preached, we must understand and accept the cost. Therefore said he unto them, The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few. Pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest, that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. Luke 10.2 Now to preach the gospel is to exalt Christ. And I, if I be lifted up from the earth, will draw all men unto me. John 12.32 Jesus saith unto him, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. John 14.6 Hence, we cannot say we are exalting Christ while we soften the blow or otherwise obscure the truth. There can be no liberty, no freedom, apart from the plain declaration of divine truth. And ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. John 8.32 Truth is expressed exclusively in the scriptures. Therefore the gospel cannot be accurately preached apart from the proclamation of God's word. This is what is meant by telling the truth. The true soul winner is a man who is willing to tell the truth. A faithful witness will not lie, but a false witness will utter lies. Proverbs 14.5
A true witness delivereth souls, but a deceitful witness speaketh lies. Proverbs 14.25 Ironically, today the claims of mass conversions abound, while the popularity for truth-telling continues to plummet. Something is amiss. A man who has told us the truth is a man who has applied God's word to our lives, and this is very, very unpopular. In a nutshell, truth-telling constitutes biblical evangelism. Two times in the New Testament, the cost of telling the truth is mentioned. If we will be effective witnesses for Jesus, we will face these two re repercussions for our faithfulness. Truth-telling can be discouraging. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. John 8:45. The more faithful you are to communicate and express the truth of God's word, the more ineffective you will seem. Truth alone can set men free, but it's the one thing that most refuse to hear. The lying prophet always seems to have more immediate results, because his message is gutted of all the spiritual cost. Only eternity will reveal the great gulf between the potential that truth has to deliver and the utter inability of anything less. In reality, the truth is always spiritually effectual because it always accomplishes the will of God. It always works its eternal ramifications. When applied under the unction of God's Spirit, there is no escaping the divine effects of gospel truth on the human heart. Truth as light can reveal, expose, or blind. Truth as salt can preserve, but it can also ruin. Truth as a hammer can shatter as well as break. In Isaiah 6, we see this distinction of the effects of truth revealed in the commission of the prophet. Make the heart of this people fat, and their ears heavy, and shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. Isaiah 6.10 This is the same prophet that lamented in chapter 53, after many years of truth-telling, Who hath believed our report? O oh, the mystery and the horror of the eternal influences of God's truth on the human spirit! It will feed and strengthen the hungry soul, while it will offend, deceive, and slay the insincere. However, we must understand, it is not so much how it's applied, but rather how it's received that dictates its effect. Truth can destroy, or it can deliver depending on how we respond to its eternal demands. And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. Matthew 21:44. What is Jesus seeking to communicate in the above words? He is warning us. The stone doesn't change. Whether we like it or not, whether man agrees or disagrees, the nature of the truth remains constant, immutable, and unyielding. Nothing is wrong with the rock, but with the whosoever. Nothing is wrong with the truth or the truth-teller, only how men react to that truth. The man who longs to be faithful to God in evangelism simply must be content to tell the truth. When we purpose in our hearts to give folks the naked truth, the opportunities for discouragement are plenteous. We will be misunderstood. Our motives will be doubted. Our compassion and love questioned. It takes courage to wound men with the truth. Faithful are the wounds of a friend, 
but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful. Proverbs 27, 6 Few will believe what we say, meaning men, not many will accept, take up as their own, or subject themselves to and readily follow. Our spiritual efforts to be a witness and a blessing will appear unproductive at best. Nonetheless, let us be encouraged in the way of our Lord. And because I tell you the truth, ye believe me not. John 8:45. Truth-telling will earn you many enemies. Am I therefore become your enemy, because I tell you the truth? Galatians 4:16. The more faithful we are to communicate and express the truth of God's word, the less popular we will be. If we are faithful to express the truth of God's word, we will garner the labels of harsh, unloving, insensitive, and unmerciful. In the natural, the eye that is not exercised and exposed to light loses its power to focus. Likewise, when people refuse to come to the light, they lose the ability to see in the spirit. Now darkness always provokes the worst kind of fear. Out of such fear, men will indiscriminately strike out to protect themselves. When the truth of God's word comes, either in the gospel to the sinner or in doctrine to the saint, it comes to reveal Christ. Indeed, more of Christ always demands less of us. Hence, the truth of God's word always presents the cross to accomplish this end. I have heard men accuse the truth, spirit-anointed preaching of God's word as hateful, Perhaps such accusations are rooted in some truth as wayward men sense the unwavering demand of the cross thundering in their conscience. The cross is God's ordained instrument of execution for the criminals of self and sin. The cross never comes to slay Christ nor torture others. It always demands its proper victim, me. This is an unpopular message and will earn the most violent of reactions. Self-preservation always provokes the most rigorous self-defense. Men who are otherwise peaceful and serene can be aroused to the most horrid violence to save their own lives. Hence, we should consider the price of preaching the gospel uninvited and often unwanted. The world cannot hate you, but me it hateth, because I testify of it that the works thereof are evil. John 7, 7 But now ye seek to kill me, a man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God. This did not Abraham. John 8:40. Eloquent words and kind expressions don't necessarily minister life to anyone. In fact, it can be exactly the opposite. By good words and fair speeches deceive the hearts of the simple. Romans 16:18. It takes courage and resolve to tell people what, we, what may motivate them to hate you but they are not valiant for the truth upon the earth. Jeremiah 9, 3 However, as Christians, let us be encouraged with the instruction of our Lord. In Matthew 10, Jesus commissioned the twelve and commanded them to preach. Then he warned them of the cost of telling the truth. Behold, I send you forth as sheep in the midst of wolves. Be thee therefore wise as serpents and harmless as doves. But beware of men, for they will deliver you up to the councils, and they will scourge you in their synagogues, and ye shall be brought before governors and kings for my sake. 
and the brother shall deliver up the brother to death, and he shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. Fear them not, therefore, for there is nothing covered that shall not be revealed, and hid that shall not be known. What I tell you in darkness, that speak ye in light, and what ye hear in the ear, that preach ye upon the housetops. Matthew 10, 26-27 Think not that I am come to send peace on an earth. I came not to send peace, but a sword. Matthew 10, 34 the reason for the reaction is that our message reveals Christ, or the truth. Blessed are ye when men shall revile you, and persecute you, and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Matthew 5.11 For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. Acts 9.16 We are fools for Christ's sake, but ye are wise in Christ. We are weak, but ye are strong. Ye are honorable, but we are despised. 1 Corinthians 4.10 If we will preach this gospel, we will earn many enemies. There are many fields out there that most will never tread, let alone consider to plow. We must count the cost of biblical evangelism. Are we truly prepared to be a witness for Christ as he was for the Father? For as much, then, as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh... Arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. 1 Peter 4.1 Over the years I have heard teaching after teaching on how to evangelize that essentially established humanistic points like be nice, polite, and respectful. Smile, be positive, and make a good first impression. Dress sharp, comb your hair, and shine your shoes. Use breath mints deodorant, and avoid the negative. Shamefully, such nonsense is more akin to seminars for used car salesmen than instruction on biblical evangelism. A recent article featured in a popular Christian magazine offered tips on the do's and don'ts of witnessing to homosexuals. The do's, know your pastor's and denomination's official position. Invite speakers to address your church. Stick to verifiable facts. Admit error. We have made mistakes. Stay flexible when discussing theories, but adamant when discussing the Bible. Show Christian love. Don'ts. Do not attack people. Do not stereotype people. Do not use cliches. Notice this well-respected and popular Christian magazine, like the rest of the apostate church world, gives us very little encouragement to simply tell the truth. Why? Obviously because it makes enemies. If we wish to preach God's word, then be warned. We will be hated, mocked, ridiculed, perhaps jailed, and maybe even killed. No matter our field of labor, being faithful to the truth will gain us many enemies. There is a cost if we will follow God's prescribed method of evangelism. We will be tempted to be discouraged and often we will be hated. Let us pray for grace and courage. But none of these things move me, neither count I my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. Acts twenty twenty four. 
that no man shall be moved by these afflictions. For yourselves know that we are appointed thereunto. First Thessalonians 3, 3.